0: Hey, guys, this is Jasmine Lee, co-host of People's Party with Talib Kweli. You're about to hear an excerpt of our show. To hear the full combo in all of our past episodes with stars like DMX, Ice Cube, Lil' Kim, and more, be sure to subscribe to the Luminary channel on Apple Podcasts.
1: Now, um, speaking of Lori, she made the news as well recently. Yes, she did. Um, On the debut of Fuller House, she's making a joke about not wanting to pay for college for the kids.
2: I don't remember that.
1: Yeah. I don't remember the exact verbiage of the joke, but that's like the last joke she makes in the first scene. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to have, like take the away twins. the kids and, and bring them back. You know, I don't want to have to pay for college. I
2: think you're the first person that has brought this up ever, anywhere.
1: I'm going to look, I mean, this, so this happened like a couple of years. This episode was a couple of years before the situation. But right. I just think that's, very interesting and serendipitous. I,
2: it is. Uh, it is art uh, pre-imitating life Yeah. I will say that, uh, and I've said it because mm-hmm. people were always, you know, before COVID, you'd have TMZ around every corner, mm-hmm. right? And that's where your big interviews come. I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't do mobile interviews, right. but all, <laughs> I, I, all I, you know, right? Just I'm, f- I'm
1: trying to catch my car from the airport. What you-
2: <laughs> Put me in a chair or on a couch. <laughs> <right>? I'll <laughs> talk to you. Let's go with a couple cameras, right? <laughs> But I just a my answer is I love who I love and yeah. I love her yeah, and of she's she's a wonderful person mm. uh, and that's it yeah. you know people go through shit yeah. nobody I gets, got friends who
1: go through shit too Me we too. all <laughs> do yeah.
2: we all do and we're in a canceling time where you could say, I could say something here you could say something
0: mm-hmm.
2: but you can't get canceled because you're so
0: they weak. tried it didn't work they really try every day. <laughs>
1: I don't know if you know do this they about really? me, but they, they try to cancel me a lot.
2: <laughs> uh, they were trying to cancel me over jokes that i told, told. They take it out of context, and I wouldn't do them today. Right. And I'm sorry they exist on but tape. But in the
1: context of, what, of the time, that's what, you know, comedians... Comedians obviously can't apologize. It's something that we've established because we've had so many comedians on this show. But um, comedians do grow,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is why you're saying, okay, I'm not going to apologize, but I can grow.
2: Well, it was funny. Yes. I mean, I wrote a book called Dirty Daddy. Yeah, which, you did. And, and that in that book, I told a story about something, a few stories, mm-hmm. because I thought that sells books. And they went, oh, tell the story. So I embellished a mm-hmm. thing that happened on the set, which I don't want to talk about because mm-hmm. it's just, and I apologized. It's in the book. Mm-hmm. But they don't, I mean, I, I apologized right away. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have done this. It was stupid. It was like a 10 second thing. Mm-hmm. That we're not going to talk about with okay. a with a stunt doll, but anyway, um, but we're not going to talk <laughs> about it. But I would, I mean, I'm I'm the one that cancels myself. Right, <laughs> you know? I shouldn't, have, you know, I didn't have to say I did something that disgusting mm-hmm. and stupid, but it wasn't done in a disgusting way, even though it was, and now definitely is perceived that way. Mm. But I, I am sorry for people that have been through terrible stuff, but comedians. If you look at a lot of comedy uh, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, and watch how comedians worked or watch comedy movies, a lot of times people would say stuff in the movie that you would deem racist today mm-hmm. or deem, oh, my God, that's pedophilic or mm-hmm. that's violation of someone. But the point of the that comedy then was trying to go, look how horrible this is, so I'm mm-hmm. going to point it out and do that joke. And then you go, whoa! But they don't. But that intention doesn't travel, and it doesn't do well with time. And it's not even part of my consciousness now to do a joke like that, mm-hmm. you know. And Sarah Silverman talked about this. You know, I would not do that joke today. Mm-hmm. But it was a time where you're calling it out. Chappelle says that the reason that he did Sticks and
1: Stones is precisely what you're talking about. Sticks and Stones starts with him doing jokes about. You know, if I was uh, if I was a pedophile, Macaulay Kit Caulkins the first kid. I'm fucking right, and he's like the point of that joke is well, clearly I'm not fucking kids. Mm-hmm.
2: That's the whole. And the point. it's a horrible thing to do. Yeah, but he's also saying that Macaulay is adorable, <laughs> right? Because right. he is, right, right. But not not sexually, right, right. But if you're going to use a famous name, I mean, that's also uh, you know, and I know Macaulay, and I I love the guy, right. So it's just. It's, um, it's hard to explain to people levels, and we are in a sensitive time where I, I feel I have to be conscious. And I do something that happened naturally. So this whole thing with Yellow Springs and Dave um, and my closeness with him is really, and my friendship with Bill Burr, It the, the, the people that are trying to you know, shake people up or say something that you yeah, this isn't gonna go over well mm-hmm. when you hear comedians say that, or you know, yeah, yeah. don't cancel me over this, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna say, if you tee it up properly, it takes some of the onus off of it. If it's funny. Yeah. If it's funny. But if it's meant as a uh yeah. if it, it's a gross out, then it's it, it ain't gonna work. Right. I can't do anything now, uh, touching on pedophilia where I used to do jokes. My, one of my first jokes mm-hmm. when I was 17 mm-hmm. or 18 was I have the brain of a German shepherd and the body of a 16-year-old boy, and they're both in my car, and I want you to see them. <laughs> right. And that's like, that's a kid in the trunk of your it's car. fucking mm-hmm. crazy. That's not something wrong with me. When you was on the Dangerfield
1: <laughs> show, you said, uh, "You said my new girlfriend, I'm, I'm nuts over her. She's this tall.
2: And that's an old joke. <laughs> yes, that yeah. was an old joke. Yeah. But, but those jokes, you know, people still love them but I don't do stuff I used to do. Right. That's what I love about stand up. That's what you love about it's all you're always inventing something new mm-hmm. and, and ground you haven't broken before. And I'm really proud of the work I'm doing now. And I'm very conscious of the work I've done. I'm trying to just to move forward.
0: Right. I'm hoping that with the cancel culture because the point of it was to point out racist, right? and yes. oh, racism, that sexism. oh, was the point. So what I'm rape culture. I do rape culture. I think I do think that cancel culture has really gone above and beyond, especially as a comedian, because it's like, you know, we we laugh at inappropriate things that people want to laugh about. They just wouldn't say them out loud. That's like Mm -hmm. the whole point. But I'm hoping that, you know, as it's heightened right now to weed these people out, that it'll go back to the norm. To where it's like, okay, we don't think this person is racist because they're saying a racy joke, or we don't think this person's a rapist because they're saying oh gosh, recorded <laughs> me talking. Um, we don't think this person is rapey <laughs> because they said like a, you know, a roofie joke or something like that. It's just seen as comedy, but we have to weed these people out. So it's like a give and a take with the well, whole cancel culture. I think show. here's the problem.
1: The problem when sort of progressive academic language is whittled down to being woke. And you have average... And when I say average, I'm not, it's not a judgment call. I'm just talking about, you know, the, the norm of what people are. Most people don't have the of uh, experience to be speaking in these high-minded, highfalutin academic terms, right. and these terms now become mainstream, and people are flinging them around, and people are forming like victim bond sessions, and people are like getting the endorphins of feeling like a better, I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you call someone out on social media, that has a lot to do with it. You start getting likes, likes. Mm-hmm. Well, then you start getting addicted to that.
2: Yeah, that, and that's ego, and that yeah, that's takes all, ego. all the lightness out of life. That's right. You're not gonna have a happy day right? you are just going to be on alert you're yeah. you're a watchdog mm-hmm. to try to cause um a, and and yes they they do hit upon uh, correct assumptions
1: right and in addition to they they sometimes not only are they often correct i mean we start talking about rape culture and all that stuff like the data says for the most part for the vast majority of the time, women aren't lying about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, as a man, was, I've had people come and at they've me been but, afraid
2: to come out. I mean, right, they right. don't even
1: test rape kits. You know, they don't even look, check check the rape kits. I've had people make all types of crazy accusations against me. They haven't slowed me down as a performer, as a man, and I feel like that's my male privilege. Right. I feel like if I was uh, responsible for any of the things they're accusing me of, it would be different.
2: So you've been accused of actual actions. Yeah. Absolutely. I've been accused of things I've said mm-hmm. and people see like the roast that they roasted. Yeah, the me, roast, yeah. And and how people did a lot of those kind of jokes, mm-hmm. which I didn't like, and right. I didn't want them at who they were directed at. But they You looked... did
1: tell them to suck your hundred million dollar cock at the end
2: though. I did do that. <laughs> yes, you did. You <laughs> but that was know. to the the dais. That yeah, was to I know. all the I comedians. Knew what that was. But but a lot of the people, a lot mm-hmm. of the the Gen Z mm-hmm. who I want who are the future. Mm-hmm. So I don't want them to be like this yeah are looking at a roast and they're saying well if they're doing jokes about this it's got to be true right saying, I'm sorry it's not the news it's jokes and that's right. the point
1: I'm making is that when people people are now presenting themselves as scholarly experts as academic experts all this stuff and comedy for it to be good comedy has to not be academic it has to be based on generalizations when I when I see a, a great co- Comedian says, black people act like this, or white people act like this, or gay people act like this, or women, women be shopping. Like, all this stuff is clearly not based on actual data and facts. It's based on stereotype, it's based on generalization, it's based on the society.
2: And that's how this culture does move that needle forward. Mm -hmm. It stops the... It allows a new way Mm -hmm. to look at people, Mm -hmm. and you can usually be safe if you're talking about your own group. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: that's how it's been traditionally.
2: And and I and and a great
1: comic though is someone who I think this is what makes, um, you know Dave so great and so beloved amongst so many different diverse groups of people and yourself as well. I mean, you did a uh, an event with Burner.
2: Burner's hilarious. He named himself after a phone.
1: But Cypher Sounds tells me that you... you He said, we go to do this weed event, and it's all these comedians, and the whole audience is stoned. So he said, everyone was bombing. He said, and he said I had my eyes trained on this one black guy with a blunt in his mouth who didn't laugh at anything. Yeah. Right. He said, and then Bob Saget gets up there.
2: And I pointed... I knew that... I figured it out. Mm-hmm. It, I'm 65. Mm-hmm. I've been doing stand-up for 40 million years. Right. I go to an event... I see they're all stoned. They can't right. move. It's mm-hmm. the best pot. Right. Um, and San Francisco, pray for that city. Downtown's not <laughs> right, in a right. good place. Right, We're on top of a building living this strange, uh, altered reality on 420. I see a guy not laughing, but I see that he's smiling. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you're stoned, I told them, I told the audience, you're smiling, I'm crushing. Right, right now, and then they started to actually vocally laugh. Right, and then I said, "Are you all right? Are you unhappy?" To this gentleman, mm-hmm. and he went, "No, I'm, I'm good." He woke up. Yeah, same like said <laughs> He was like,
0: "What the heck?" And
2: then it was, it was, I had a, a wonderful time, and that's what Dave knows, and that's Dave's full of love. Mm-hmm. So Dave Chappelle, at his root, is love, mm-hmm. and he feels the pain mm-hmm. of humanity. And what the hell are we going to do? And so the root of who I am, the older I get, is love. Mm. And, yeah, I'm not always like that. I'm disgruntled at home or mm. I'll watch the news and I'll yell. You know, I'll get really upset about stuff. Mm. But if you are coming from a place of love and you're a good person, mm-hmm. uh, people think Bill Burr is all angry. Right. Guy, this guy's so full of love. He is. He really is. He's so special. Yeah, he really so, is. So, you know, that's... That's the key, and that's why I'm more inspired to do stand-up now than ever.
0: How'd you like that? Feeling the vibes we're putting down? Good. Then listen to the rest of this episode and more than 100 others by subscribing to the Luminary channel on Apple Podcasts. Remember to follow the show so you know when the new episodes drop, and while you're there, feel free to give us a rating or review. Thanks, guys.